0: What is up, you beautiful human? Hello, and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Well, that marks almost three weeks back to my original hometown of Perth, Western Australia, being with my family, being with my sister and with Kobe, meeting my new little nephew, uh, spending some time with Jake, which I can't actually tell you the truth about because if I was really going to be truly honest and transparent with you, I pre-recorded all of these podcast episodes for you, for us prior to leaving Bali. So I actually don't know what's happening in my right now moment, just as much as you all don't know. And all I can say from 2023 Rebecca Antonucci is that I truly hope 2024 Rebecca Antonucci is making good life choices right now. (laughs) It's actually very funny. I don't know if you saw over on my social media, I'm really claiming in 2024, the part of me that is a comedian and also an erotic novelist. And I put up a funny reel about authentic relating and what I would ask my partner for in the face of conflict, which is three orgasms, by the way, and to be called a dirty slut. (laughs) But, um, I did mention in the reel, oh, my ex has asked to get back together and a few of you privately messaged me your thoughts, which I found really beautiful because you wrote it so passionately and lovingly. And some of the things that you all reflected back to me when I said, hey, Jake's contacted me, some of the things that a couple of you wrote back was, do we need to ask you to listen to your own podcast? So I feel the episodes that I have shared up until now have really dove into why I have been making the decisions that I have been making, but I'm really excited once more has been revealed for me to be able to teach through it and share with you really what has been going on for me and the decisions that have been made since my return back to Perth. Today's episode is not at all about that though. Today's episode is all about your receivership and the energy behind receiving and even more specifically where we can block other people's giving by turning their giving and our receiving into something that is transactional. Now, when you think about the concept of receiving, I would really love for you to consider what comes up for you when you think of the word receiving. Does something sexual come up for you? Does something of monetary value come up for you? And if they are the only two things that show up when you think about receiving, I would love for you to consider that you're potentially placing limitations on yourself. So I desire for you to listen to today's episode from an open mind and for you to truly excavate and explore your own internal world, your own belief systems, your own values when it comes to your receivership. And I would love for you to consider what might be possible for your life and your experience of your life if you were open and available to more receiving. If you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can share it as well and so that I can connect with you. This is one hell of a solo episode. Strap yourself in. Let's fucking go. I really desire to open up today's podcast episode with some thought-provoking questions that you might love to journal on. So question one is, what does pleasure mean to you? What does desire mean to you? What does receiving mean to you? I would really love to invite you to get curious around the question of what was reflected within your household as you were growing up? when it comes to pleasure, desire, and receiving? Do you experience any guilt or shame around your pleasure, around your desire, or when it comes to being in receivership? Equally, do you experience any empowerment around your pleasure, your desire, or your receivership? Do you give yourself permission to experience and hold pleasure do you give yourself permission to experience and hold desire? Do you give yourself permission to be in receivership? And what unique conditions have you consciously or unconsciously placed upon yourself when it comes to your pleasure, your desire and receiving? (laughs) You know how I love to teach through lived experience? I have had in all of my group calls lately so much conversation and so much teaching around women being in their pleasure, around women allowing desire to lead them and really doing the work to feel safe receiving. And what's come up frequently is how much women feel, and when I say unconscious conditions, I would love for you to think if someone wants to give something to you, Whatever it is, because as soon as you think receiving, I know a lot of women can go straight into sexual receiving, but receiving can be anything. People think pleasure and think immediately sexual pleasure. And I'm not saying you think that, but a lot of women who come into my world feel that but you can feel pleasure through touch. You can feel pleasure through the silk of my cape on my skin. You can feel pleasure through a bubble bath. You can feel pleasure through nails being rubbed alongside your chin and your chest. I experience a lot of pleasure through chocolate. So I would love for you to be curious about all the ways sexually and non-sexually that you get to experience pleasure. And I would also love for you to think about all the ways, sexually and non-sexually, that you would really love to be in receivership, even if at the moment you don't give yourself permission for that. And when you think about unconscious conditions, say you and I right now were to go to the coffee shop and I say, hey, babe, I would love to get your coffee today. And I pay for your coffee. What is the first thing you think and or say? Typically, it's like, thanks, I'll get the next one. And so what that does is now instead of me being in my pure generosity of giving, you have now turned this experience into a transactional exchange. And so it is totally okay for me to give to you, for me to be your girlfriend and us go for lunch and us go one for one. I'll get this lunch, you get the next lunch. I'll get this lunch, you get the next lunch. That's like a tennis ball match here and there of we're spending a lot of time together and we just go one for one. And that's the condition of that relationship. But giving and receiving is not a transactional exchange. Giving is an energy. Receiving is an energy. And sometimes we take from that energy by turning it into a transaction. So I'm going to give you an example of something really beautiful that happened this past couple of weeks that provided this insight for me about how even I can sometimes ruin the receiving that someone has done for me by turning it into a transaction. Now, I love buying people gifts. Love it. I don't really love receiving gifts because the the reason I don't love receiving gifts is because there are not a lot of things that I actually like and I'm very specific about what I do like and I really hate waste. So I really dislike being bought a gift that I will never use. I'm super lazy when it comes to vouchers. If someone buys me a voucher, I re-gift it immediately because I have received so many wasted vouchers in my life for massages, for shops, for all different kinds of things where I never use it. And I'm just so particular. In fact, a lot of women on my social media and men said, "Beck, you've impacted my life so greatly this year and it's coming up to Christmas I would love to gift you something. Can I gift you a coffee voucher? Can I gift you a voucher to your favorite restaurant? Can I send you something? And I really sat with, well, immediately if someone wants to give something to me, I don't want to block the flow of the desire of someone to give. So I can't say no. I mean, I could, but it doesn't align with my beliefs to say no. It also doesn't align with my values to receive something that I don't want. And so I really felt into lots of people wanted to send me money or vouchers or coffees, what would feel really good for me? And I thought about my actual absolute favorite gift to receive is pink roses. Whether it is one pink rose or two pink roses or six pink roses or a dozen, I fizz. And any color pink, I love light pink roses. I love bright fuchsia pink roses. Receiving a pink rose is such a beautiful gift for me. That is the gift that just lights me on fire. And when I was sharing about this on my social media, people were like, so weird that you love the feeling of being provided for, but you don't like gifts. With the people that are a part of my life, I love shared experiences. So if someone took me to do something beautiful for example and I know we haven't had the Jake update yet and I'm going to let you all know it's because these are pre-recorded in advance so even fucking I don't know what's happened up until now and so you're just going to have to hang out for the updated episode of what actually went on including all of the emotional turbulence that happened from the point at which I was like yes let's spend some time together and explore this but he organized an adventure picnic for us. He organized a night at the Crown Casino and a dinner for us. Jake loves to get dressed up in outfits, like Christmas outfits. So we planned that. I love shared experiences. I love someone being like babe or even a girlfriend, putting something on and organizing it and providing that experience for me. I love receiving that. But buying me a gift Unless it's like a Ferrari. If you want to send a Ferrari to my house in Australia, I am so willing to be in receivership of that. But otherwise, there's not really items that I desire for because I'm in the position that I would just go out and get it for myself. But pink roses, whether it's one or a 100 it's so meaningful to me to receive a pink rose. So I did share with the people that are a part of my social media community that have said they want to get me a gift for Christmas that a pink rose or as many as you desire. If my parents' house was full of pink roses to bring to my new place for those three weeks, that would just light my soul and my world on fire. The other thing that I was thinking about is I love being so generous with the Indonesians. It's one of my favorite things about being in Bali. I love being generous. I love being generous from authentic generosity to give, not with the expectation of exchange to receive back, but I also love the feeling of contribution. And in Bali, our money goes so much further. So I actually support privately quite a few Indonesian families. And I know that my contribution gets to go so much further here and create so much more impact here for a whole family of people. I also really love feeling appreciated. I love receiving, feeling appreciated. And when I financially contribute to the Indonesians that I love here, the expression of their gratitude, I can't explain it. I'm probably not going to do it justice, but it just impacts me so greatly. That feeling is just so invaluable to me. It makes me feel so good, even selfishly in my breakup. On my birthday, I don't know if you all saw my crying birthday post. I have this moment every year on my birthday and I've done past life regressions on it and all different kinds of things. But I have this feeling come up and it's not alive for me right now, but it's really alive for me every year around my birthday, that I'm a selfish person, that people don't care about me, that I've lived a selfish life, that I've made no impact, that because I'm so selfish, if I was to actually die tomorrow, no one will be at my funeral except for my mum, my dad and my sister. And the loss of me won't impact anyone. And that comes up for me every single birthday where I have a moment on my birthday where I'm really upset about no one will care if I die except for my family. And I'll get the team to share the video in the show notes. It just hits me so deeply every single birthday. I've done past life regressions, all the things, and every year it's really alive. And even though there's a logical part of my brain that knows that not to be true, or one of my old best friends, Laura from Perth, she used to say, don't worry, Beth, if you die tomorrow, I'll put up 500 iPads at your funeral of all the people around the world who you've made an impact on and they'll all be there. And it still has never really hit. And every birthday, what I get to receive is the polar opposite of that experience. So I know that there's still a place within me that I really get to meet, to be with that part of me that feels that to be so true. And that's the truth of my experience. But I was also going through a breakup around my birthday. So Jake wasn't with me on my birthday. The breakup hit me like a ton of bricks, so much deeper than what I ever thought. It was a month after leaving for Bali, literally a month. I left on the 22nd of April. My birthday was the 22nd of May. And I was just so upset. Even Tony, my housemate, was there. And before we went out for dinner, I didn't want to go. I was feeling like, oh my God, if I die, no one will care. I was receiving a flood and a ton of messages. The year prior, my mentor Preston didn't wish me a happy birthday and I was so upset about it. And this year he wished me a happy birthday. Like the people that I really wanted to wish me a happy birthday sent me meaningful messages like Preston, Jake, just so many key people in my life that I really desired to feel acknowledged and validated and seen and loved by everyone reached out. And so I'm crying, experiencing the polar opposite in real time of all of my fears, actually receiving what she desired, feeling valued, feeling respected, feeling like people would notice if I wasn't here. And yet that was still so true for me. I didn't want to stand Tony up for my birthday. And I got on my scooter. I'm crying on the way there. And I think to myself, I'm going to selfishly give this driver. He said to me, I haven't had many drives today and not a lot of work. And I was just like, fuck Rebecca. I know telling myself that I should feel grateful for my human experience, but I was like, fuck Rebecca. I never tell clients to do this. i like, someone has it so much harder than you. You should not feel this way because you're a white woman in the Western world. Get over yourself. That doesn't help any emotional pain feel any better. What's true is that you're in emotional pain right now. But as I was driving, I thought to myself, selfishly, what will make me feel really good right now? And I was like, I'm going to give this scooter driver a big cash tip and that will make me feel so much better. And so I got off my scoot and I gave him a big cash tip and his eyes widened and he was like, no. And I said, yes, please. It's my birthday and I would love to. Remember, our body is a walking, talking library. His body just dropped into this. Oh, thank you so much. He put his hands together in prayer position and nodded and expressed his gratitude through that physical display. But the gratitude and appreciation that I got to see in his body, it made me feel so good. And that's what I love about contributing to the Indonesians here. I just feel it's so impactful and my financial contribution can spread so widely and go so far and it's so appreciated that I love doing it. I also love buying people gifts and a part of my healing this year is I've had this thing around prior to me being so hurt in my life. I used to be so giving. And I used to love, as much as I don't love gifts, I used to get so excited for the people that I care about for their birthdays. Prior to so much hurt and so much harm. And the ex-boyfriend from 10 years ago, but also the two best friends. I had a rebound relationship after my ex-boyfriend that I thought that I was going to marry. And it was two women. And it wasn't a sexual relationship, it was two best friends. And the three of us did everything together. And we fell so deeply in love with each other. And we did everything. And these two women, but specifically one, we were just so in love and she was so healing from my heart. And two of those years was just the best time of my whole life. Friends has always been my favorite TV show. And we lived together in this house in Perth, Western Australia. And it was like a party house, but it reminded me of Friends. And that breakup of that girlfriend relationship was so painful. It was such deep love and then such deep betrayal that after that boyfriend of 10 years ago and then them, there was a part of my heart that just shut off to the world. It was shut off from loving, shut off from giving, shut off from the parts of me that love to give, from the pure generosity and joy of giving. I remember my ex-boyfriend from 10 years ago and that best friend from that three-way friendship, their birthdays would be like a fucking music festival. I would get so excited about all the things. It would be Cupcakes in their favorite color, in their favorite flavor with their names on it. It would be every little thing that they had said for a year in the lead up to their birthday, I would remember. And I would go on an excursion to go and find every single thing that on their birthday would just make them absolutely fizz. I remember my ex-boyfriend being like, I don't like birthdays until you became my girlfriend and you just make the birthday so exciting. But I did it from this deep love for this person that it was exciting for me And as I'd been working with my nervous system mentor, I said to her, I so deeply desire to let down these walls around my heart because I miss loving people and caring for people. And I miss getting excited for people's birthdays and going for a fucking excursion to get all the things that they would love so much to make their day so special. And a part of my healing this year, I know you all know Tracy. Tracy had a really, really hard day. And I've been doing all the work to let the walls around my heart down and to really live from this open, unguarded, beautiful, generous heart space. And she had a really, really hard day. She was on the way to something and I said to her, what are you doing for dinner? I'm going to come around and bring you dinner. And intuitively, I was like, I'm going to go and get her two dozen red roses. I know tulips are her favorite. I tried to find tulips and there were no tulips in Bali. I'm going to go and get her two dozen red roses because they remind me of her femininity and her beauty. And there's certain restaurants where she has her favorite entree, her favorite main. There was a place where I tried something that she hadn't tried yet because I love chicken satay, but she's a vegetarian. So I was like, fuck, there's this place that does this mushroom satay that basically tastes just like chicken satay. I need to go get that for her so she can try my favourite food. There was her favourite dessert at an entirely other restaurant. So I went round to like eight places, plus I was on a scooter, and I don't know if you've ever collected eight different items and put it on a scooter and tried to drive somewhere. It is so logistically challenging that I got to her villa with two dozen roses, all of this food. And in that moment, as I pulled up struggling on my scooter, it reminded me of the deep healing that I have done to be able to so generously give, but also be in the joy of the experience. I had so much fun. It took me hours of going to place to place. Like I coordinated it all as well. So that as I got the food, I would go and order the food, but make sure that the last thing that I got was the thing that needed to be the hottest. So it was just an adventure. And I got to receive the joy. Of being in the adventure, of going and getting all the items so that I could get to my friend's villa for her to fully be in her receivership of the roses and every single individual item that were her favorite things, plus something that was my favorite thing that I knew that she would love. And I was just like, I don't know how meaningless that sounds to someone else. But even as Jake and I were chatting, he was like, This is something that you wanted to be able to do again. I was like, I know this is a testament to opening my heart and the work that I have done on this to have this desire to give again and go to this effort to give again because through all the pain that I'd gone through, through that X 10 years ago and the girlfriends, there was a part of me that shut down and was like, fuck this. I am not doing this for those people anymore because when I had unpacked, and some of you might resonate with this, there is this resource that I have worked with in the past with Preston through so many of his programs and he's trained me in it that I work with in my programs where you go through different age segments of your life and you bring out the best and the worst memory from each and you explore what you either were getting, it can be approval, security or control, or we're not getting in each memory. And the aftermath of having approval security control either given to you or taken from you and how that has impacted your way of being as a human that shows up now. And what I recognized in every single memory from every single age bracket is that the people that created the best memories of my life and the most amount of love and joy were also the people that equally created the deepest amount of pain and suffering. And so I know through having gone through that process so many times, there was a part of my subconscious that said, fuck opening my heart to love, whether it's intimate, relational love or friendship ever again, fuck going to all that effort for someone's birthday ever again. Because if I experience the depth of love with someone, intimate, sexual, or just friendship, that person is going to be the person that causes the deepest amount of pain. That's not a conscious thought. That is deeply ingrained in my system from age fucking zero. So doing the work to resolve this within me is deep and it's still ongoing up until now. But on that day to do that for Tracy, it was like, oh, I'm actually doing this work and it feels so beautiful to be able to give from this amount of generosity and also for me to be in the experience of the full amount of joy that that giving brought me. So beautiful. But sharing with women in my programs around receiving and the conversation about how challenging receiving can really be for so many women I shared with them a journey that came up for me. So beyond being really generous with the Indonesians, and I love to do that, I also love to do the pay it forward mentality without telling people to pay it forward. I just love to surprise people and I love buying people coffees. And so in Bali, I remember sitting at my favourite coffee shop and a man walked up and went to the front counter and went to pay for his coffee and realised he had no cash on him. And so I was like, fuck, I'll come back. And so I just got up and turned around and said, no, I'd love to buy you your coffee. And I paid for it for him. Complete stranger. Do you know what the very first thing was that he said? This man does not know me. Instead of being like, thank you. He was like, oh my God, I'll get you your next one. And that was just so interesting to me. And again, because I love doing this and I love being generous from generosity and remember, I know now how to discern between when I'm being generous from generosity and when I'm giving with the desire to receive something back, or when I'm giving and it's transactional giving that I bought you this coffee, you buy me the next one. I know energetically and intuitively, I'm so connected with my body that I know when that is occurring. So I noticed, oh, wow, I just bought him his coffee for the desire to buy him his coffee. And immediately this stranger goes, I'll buy you your next one. And so I dropped in and said, no, no, I, I got you this coffee purely from the desire to get you the coffee. And if you really wanted to give it back to me, give it to the next person. Anyway, another Sunday, I'm sitting at my favorite coffee shop and this beautiful older man comes and sits next to me. He's got two daughters around my age And we're just talking about life. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about the challenges that his daughters are going through with relationship. He's asking me for advice because he's telling them what to do. And so I said to him, can I invite you into maybe some more empowering dialogue with your daughters that might support them to listen to you versus having their dad tell them his opinion of what they should do where you're probably meeting resistance because even though what you're saying is so valid whilst you tell them they're not really open to the receiving of the invitation that you're giving them. It almost feels like a dad that's scolding them. And so as I shared with him my my beliefs around relationship and my beliefs around how he could speak to his daughters in more empowering ways, he was just so beautiful, so mind open. He was like, not into getting vaccinated and came to Bali for that reason and just like very pro-natural health, lots of values that align between the two of us. It was just a really cool conversation. And at the end, when I went to pay for my bill, I paid for his coffee as well. And he just was, I find it so interesting that when you buy someone a coffee, that's a total surprise, how excited a stranger can get just through being purchased a coffee from a stranger. And I just love that feeling. But immediately again, he was like, I'll buy you your next one. And I was like, no, no, no. I got this coffee for you from the desire to give you the coffee, not from a desire to receive anything in return. Anyway, I felt so good about that. I felt so good about his joy. I felt so good about how it looked for him to realize that I'd got him his coffee. It was just a beautiful exchange. The exchange for me was energetic, not the coffee. Anyway, a week ago, I'm at my favorite coffee shop and I'm busy. I'm there. I'm doing work emails. The day that we met, it was a Sunday. I'm in like, relax back. Monday to Friday is more like work back. So I'm doing social media. I'm doing work emails. I'm busy. And so I wasn't in a like, let's sit down and have an hour and a half conversation like we originally did. So I was like, fuck, I hope he doesn't want to chat. And then number two, I hope he doesn't buy me my coffee because I hadn't paid for mine yet. My coffee shop know me and I just sit down and they make it for me and then I pay at the end. When I went to pay, he would paid for my coffee. Now this is the interesting part, him paying for my coffee. And I want to put this in the space. He didn't intentionally mean to do it, but by him paying for my coffee, it ruined the original experience of my giving. He turned my giving into a tennis match. I gave from generosity and he smashed it back, not from a malicious intent, but my assumption is he felt an obligation to, but I didn't give for him to give back because essentially I bought him a coffee from the desire to give. Now he bought me my coffee back, but we didn't even have an engagement that day because I was so busy. So essentially in my world, I bought myself my own coffee. I can buy myself my own coffees. Now I'm going to give you a little nuance here. If a stranger came up to me on that same day and was like, I see you here all the time, you're always smiling, you always say hello to everyone, you like feed the puppies and I just find you really interesting and it makes my day to say hello to you, I'd love to buy you a coffee, that would feel so good to receive a coffee from a person like that. But me buying that man the coffee from generosity and him tennis balling it back actually took away the joy from my giving. And so my invitation for you all to sit with is where do you block your own receivership and ruin someone else's giving by turning it into an exchange? And this is really the thing that you get to so deeply sit with. It's okay for there to be transaction and exchange when you know it is that. But when someone is pouring into you from the deep desire to give, And they are experiencing the same joy and the same excitement and the same aliveness that I felt on the day that I got to go on the excursion to pour into Tracy. You are literally blocking their joy and their excitement and their aliveness by not being in the practice of being able to hold receiving and pleasure and being in your receivership without giving anything back. You are blocking it and you're actually I know you're not trying to be malicious but you are taking it away from them you are taking the joy and the pleasure of the giving away from them by turning it into a transaction now if you feel like you have to give back you can literally be in your vulnerability and say hey i actually feel uncomfortable being in this level of receivership and i'm wondering would you love for me to give back even Tracy, because she's my best, best, best friend, she knows how much I love to be in generosity. She also knows how much I hate being taken from. And so on the day that I did all of that from pure generosity, she called me afterwards and she was like, I have half the money from dinner because I actually never said, this is my gift to you. I was just like, look what I've done. I was just so almost in a childlike excitement. And I got to say to her, no, 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 this was a pure gift. Your love language is gifts. And this was my gift to you. So if you don't know if something is an exchange, a transaction, or someone has given to you purely from the desire of their generosity to give and you being in receiving, what is required then is your vulnerability to confirm what was really true, whether it was a transaction or an exchange. So I'd love for you to sit in that so that you can really get curious about does it feel good for you to receive? Are you uncomfortable as soon as someone gives something to you that you tennis ball it back? Like I knew I'm so intuitive that I was sitting there doing my emails and that man will pass. And I was like, he's going to pay for my coffee and I don't want him to. And I know he didn't do it to ruin my experience, but I'm so glad he did for me to actually know what this feels like of like, fuck, where do I block other people's giving to me by giving back and turning it into a transaction. I've really got to deeply sit in that, including the question around my followers, my community on social media, asking what they can give to me to say thank you for the contribution I've had on their lives. Now, I don't like presents that I don't like. I hate waste. I really hate someone buying something for $50 and just sitting in a pantry. I feel like that $50, is 500,000 rupiah in Indonesian, in Indonesia, which is an Indonesian's entire week's wage. So $50 on something that I will never use that goes to waste could contribute so greatly to an Indonesian. So I've sat with your question because I don't want to block your giving. And I don't want to block my receiving. Me saying no is a block. Receiving and giving is a flow, and I want you to think of it like a circle. But a lot of us just give and give and give and give, and give, and give. And if you can see my hands right now, I'm doing a circle and it's almost like a tap. Now we plug the tap by not opening our receiving, but giving and receiving is a circle. It's not a semicircle. So giving is a semicircle, receiving is a semicircle. And there's blocks on both if we say no to one or yes to the other, but no to one. What we get to do is give and receive. And not always does giving and receiving come from the same person or the same place i've been in the receivership of so many beautiful things on the day that i got to give so generously to my indonesian personal trainer in my boxing class i know that their per hour rate isn't huge here and in boxing class there's so many different trainers but there's a particular one that makes my day So he is one of the Indonesians who I love to give to because he just makes my week so brilliant. And so sometimes I'll send him 500,000 rupiah or a million rupiah, which is only 50 or or 100 Australian dollars. But for them, it's a week or two's wage and it's so impactful for him. So on one day I gave to him. He made my week so brilliant through all of these brilliant workouts. So I was like, I'm going to surprise him and transfer him $100 or a million rupiah. Now, on that very same day, I received all of these DMs from my social media saying, hey, Beck, you've impacted my life greatly this year and I would love to send you a coffee. I'd love to send you a voucher to your favorite coffee shop. I'd love to send you a voucher to your favorite restaurant. I'd love to send you a voucher to your favorite clothing store in Bali. Can you please let me know which one it is? So I really want to put this in the space that I gave from generosity without expecting. I'm not asking for my Indonesian personal trainer to give me anything back. He's already giving me the joy. Of working with me so incredibly, but through being in my pure generosity and not blocking my receivership, vroom, the floodgates, I open my Instagram and people want to send me gifts for Christmas. So I'm still receiving because I'm not blocking my flow. Where are you blocking your flow by being in receivership and turning it into a transaction? Or where are you blocking your flow by being an overgiver and never allowing yourself to receive? Both are required. If you are desiring true, deep abundance, you have to be in the play of the energy of both. And based on societal conditioning and what was reflected in your upbringing, I'm going to assume that you are very practiced in giving and overgiving and not practiced in receiving. And we're not going to be good at anything we've never practiced before. So you literally get to set an intention if this is aligning for you right now, like, fuck, I want to be more abundant. Fuck, I'm feeling drained and exhausted fuck, I've got an empty cup. while well, you are potentially overgiving from an empty cup and blocking your receiving versus allowing yourself to be in the flow of both. So this gets to be the game that you play. Now, finally, as I was tuning into Christmas and my social media audience requesting to gift me something that I would love, if you're like, no, I don't want to send the Indonesians anything. I want to send you something. Pink roses, pink roses, pink roses, pink roses. If anyone's ever listening to my podcast and you want to give me something, you can reach out to my team and they'll send you a PO box where you can send me pink roses. I can almost feel my pussy flutter a little bit right now as I say this at the thought of being gifted pink roses. It excites me so much. Then if you wanted to send me a financial contribution, I'm never going to desire it for me because if you sent me $10 and I went and got two of my favorite coffees, it wouldn't excite me at all. I'd be like, I can buy my own coffee, but if you wanted to send me two coffees, I actually never use my PayPal account. So I thought I'm going to give the PayPal link to the people in my social media audience that wanted to give me coffee or dinner. But what I'm going to do, there is a certain man named Andy. And of all my Indonesians that I love to look after, Andy's actually my favorite because he was driving me around when I first got to Bali. And every time I looked at him, he'd do the shakas sign. And he'd be so happy and he'd be smiling and he'd ask me, am I happy? Miss Rebecca, are you happy? And I'd say, yeah, Andy, I'm happy. And go, Miss Rebecca, if I'm happy, you're happy. And he would go to so much effort to take me to the waterfalls and to take me to all of these incredible places. And I'd never ask him, but he'd be taking photos. And one day he shows me a photo of his sons and then he shows me a photo of his wife and he goes, "Kanka, Miss Rebecca, Kanka." And this is a day that I was really crying about my breakup, so in my pain. I think I went to a water blessing with one of my girlfriends and he was like, "Kanka Miss Rebecca, Kanka," And I was like, what is he saying? And I was like, Andy, are you saying cancer? He's like, "Kanka, gone. And she died last year and he's 31 and he has these two gorgeous sons and he is the happiest man on the fucking planet. And I remember sitting there crying over Jake and my breakup and all the pain of these breakups and... I just thought to myself, I'm in so much emotional pain right now and this man is fucking making my day and looks like a true expression of joy and he lost his wife to cancer. And so if someone wanted to give me something that was financial, I'm going to open my PayPal and whatever goes in there, I was going to gift Andy a financial contribution for Christmas anyway, but what I will do is whatever you would have given me for coffee or dinner or a clothing voucher. I'm going to give to Andy and I'm not going to film it and put it on social media because I'm not a cringe person. (gasps) One of my pet hates is when people do these acts of generosity and then you see them film the person that they feel is lesser than them, like a homeless person and film the giving. I'm not going to do that. So because you have trust in me, trust that it will go to Andy, but that is the other gift that I would love to receive if you wanted it to be financial. And then the two other gifts if it was not to be financial, what I would love to be in receivership of is either number three, the gift could be what I would love to receive. And what I always love to receive is when the podcast gets shared on your social medias and I get tagged. And if you really want to go to an extra level, write why that episode was so impactful to you. The sharing of the podcast means so much to me and I'm determined to get this motherfucker <laughs> signed by Spotify and just fucking annihilate Sigma. I want you to really know the impact of what this is going to have when Spotify do sign Real, and Vulnerable. Stigma will be absolutely fucking annihilated. And I know this podcast isn't only about herpes, but it has a real essence of where I do talk about it. And the more that women live freely of this thing, the more that we are going to be embodied in our expression, feeling worthy of our pleasure and reclaimed in our pleasure again. And that is going to create such an empowered female society that when Spotify do this and this goes fucking viral, it's going to have such an impact on millions of women that that's why I just fizz when you share the podcast and more women get to find this series. And finally, the other gift that you could give me if you desired to give me something is writing me a private note of the impact that my work has had on you. So if you really resonated with this episode, I want you to sit in what you love to be in receivership of. See how people asked to give me something and I knew it wouldn't feel good to receive. So I actually told you what you could give me that would feel amazing to receive. So I didn't block my receiving, but I gave you options so that my receiving not only feels good for you to give, but feels good for me to receive. I'm not going to block it. I'm not going to say no to those that want to give, but I desire to receive in a way that feels really good for me to receive. So I'm going to leave you in the thought of What is it and how is it given to you that makes you feel so good to receive? My love, if you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can connect with you and so that I can share it as well. I cannot wait to be back in your ears next week. Have the most beautiful, brilliant day. Let's fucking go. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, Firstly, I love your eagerness and secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week and trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.